I am the Reverend Maria McCabe, or Maria Isabel Witty Clark de McCabe. My preferred pronouns are she, her, and hers, and it is a great joy to be with all of you here this morning. You know, as I was putting on this stole this morning, which I hope many, if not all of you, recognize as the stole you gave me for my installation as your, as your settled minister, with the coqui. Yeah. Do you all know what the coqui is? Well, you're about to find out. So the coqui is a, is, a, is a tree frog native to Puerto Rico. And it's not found, as far as I know, anywhere else. And it's called the coqui because it makes a sound. Coqui, coqui, coqui. <laughs> so, so it means so much to me to, to have this on this stole. And then on the inside, Presented to the Reverend Maria U.T. McCabe on the occasion of her installation. And then you remind me of the name of the title of that service, Building Community. Today, my beloved, our topic is a part of that global theme of building community. Our topic is the power of we. That was the uh, the main theme of our General Assembly, which I'll talk more about when we get to the sermon today, but the power of we, how we are more than me. We are more when we are together. We are more when we are, at least some of the time, understanding the power of our collective spirits. So I'm going to invite us into the spirit of worship this morning with an expansion of the words we heard last week from the Reverend Rebecca Ann Parker. The choice to bless the world is more than an act of will, a moving forward into the world with the intention to do good. It is an act of recognition a confession of surprise, and a grateful acknowledgement that in the midst of a broken world, unspeakable beauty, grace, and mystery abide. There is an embrace of kindness that encompasses all life, even yours. And while there is injustice, anesthetization, or evil, there also moves a holy disturbance, a revolutionary love, a benevolent rage, protesting, urging, insisting that which is sacred will not be defiled. Those who bless the world live their life as a gesture of thanks for this beauty and this rage. Covenant lies at the heart of our spiritual tradition. We freely choose to gather and regather, to make promises and renew promises, to lift each other up and hold one another accountable in order that the streams of love can freely flow. Living into our covenants, it's not a small task, 
but it is a worthy one. As our time together in this sacred circle continues to unfold, I invite you to join me in a set of promises to take back out into the world with you. And because consent is central to covenant, I'm going to read that again. Because consent is central to covenant. I will read it aloud first. And then I'll ask those of you who choose to join me to speak it with me. We gather not for ourselves alone, but to use our common power, to use our common power to build the beloved community beyond these walls. This is our covenant with each other, to help justice flourish, to practice compassion amidst difference, and to embody transformative love. Those of you who care to join me, I'll read each line, and if you wish to repeat it, please do so. We gather not for ourselves alone. We gather not for ourselves alone. But to use our common power. But to use our common power. To build the beloved community beyond these walls. To build the beloved community beyond these walls. This is our covenant with each other. This is our covenant with each other. To help justice flourish. To help justice flourish. To practice compassion amidst difference. To practice compassion amidst difference. And to embody transformative love. And to embody transformative love. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I want to tell you that this little, uh, the reading and then the covenant that you and I just shared together was shared at our General Assembly in June in Spokane, Washington. And I'm going to tell you, I know many of you know about General Assembly, but I'm going to say a few more words about what General Assembly is and then talk about the, the meaning, the, the power of we, the collective, the collective power. So General Assembly is the annual meeting of the Unitarian Universalist Association which is us, which is all the congregations that have entered into covenant with the association, which we have, which is all the community ministers who help the homeless and teach sacred clowning and do chaplaincy work and many, many other things around the world. Even, even Unitarian Universalist uh, ministry of, of actually conversion and salvation. At our annual meeting, a lot of things happen. A lot. One thing about us, we tend to overschedule. <laughs> Um, and actually, this year in Spokane, there was an effort to pare down all the multitudes of activities and to really focus on a conversation that could include as many of us as possible. 
So in this, in this General Assembly, there are workshops, generally more than 100 of them throughout the, the, the five days. There are amazing worship services. So I want you to imagine for a moment this covenant as how powerful it was when we shared the words together. Imagine those words being shared and affirmed by 5,000 people. Imagine the very, very, very best and most gifted worship leaders in, in our movement, the musicians and the <coughs> preachers and the, the poets and the singers and the, all the people who bring gifts to worship. Imagine learning from one another. And I, I've said this to some of you, and I just I want to say it now as I make this brief introduction. For the youth in our movement, see, the youth at General Assembly have their own caucus and their own decision-making and their own moderators. For the youth in our movement who often feel isolated, they might feel isolated in their schools, they might feel isolated because of their faith, it is an opportunity to meet youth literally from around the country and around the world. And to make, and here's the thing, to make real decisions. Because unlike other faith traditions, we are not a top-down, right? Their, their authority doesn't trickle down in, in our movement. Authority comes from the ground up. So each of you and each member or even friend, but actually membership is important here, of our movement is a part of the conversations and the actual decision making about who the leaders will be, what the issues will be, what will we tackle together as a movement, what will we talk about, what will be the one book that we all read together and learn from. So it's a, it's, a, it's a powerful experience in many ways. And if this sounds like a commercial, it kind of is. Because I envision perhaps this next, this, in this next year, it will be in Providence. So it won't be, trust me, Spokane is not easy to get to. <laughs> but it's going to be in Providence. And I'm told that the Amtrak train that goes up to Providence the night before GA is a party. <laughs> um, I haven't personally done that, but it's, apparently it's a real party. So I, I urge us as a congregation to, to think about as individuals coming to General Assembly, uh, creating a possibility for our youth to attend supporting them and resourcing them and attending. I, I, in full disclosure, some of you also know that at our last General Assembly, I was uh, voted and commissioned to be a member of the planning committee. But we have, this congregation has three votes, three delegates. We may have more by then, it's by number of members. And those votes count. So this, in a nutshell, is General Assembly. The planners took a risk when they announced the theme, the power of we, and the location. The location is difficult to get to, 
and it is a part of the country which is incredibly beautiful. It's bad for my sinuses, but it's really beautiful. And it also has a, a difficult history with respect to civil rights, particularly for people of color. But organizations in Spokane that are working toward civil and human rights invited us to be there, said, please be our partners. And so on the third day of General Assembly, there was a, a mass demonstration of Unitarian Universalists with our community partners in favor of more <clears throat> equity in incarceration and the justice system. And at the end of the demonstration, you can see the picture online if, if you want, all that you use formed the shape of a heart. You know our slogan, right? Siding, siding with love. What was the point of the power of we? It was a recognition, it was many things, but it was a recognition that we, as a, as a, as a people, as a culture, as a society, but also as a religious faith community, we are in a place where it would really serve us well to reflect on, to live out, and determine what is our collective power. What happens when we think about we church versus I church? It's not ever just one or the other. Don't get me wrong. Individuals, individuals are key, obviously. But sometimes, particularly if we've been wounded by other faith traditions or, or we have you know, strong opinions, I know that's not true here, right? None of us have here have strong opinions. <laughs> right, that's a bad joke, but anyway. Our faith was shaped at a time and in a historical context where ideas about the rights of the individual were first coming to the forefront in our Western history. The ideas that individuals had rights, the ideas that individuals, that, that there was this sense in the Enlightenment, there was this sense and this belief that humankind, that we were on a trajectory toward progress, that things were going to just continue to get better. I learned recently, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I learned recently that the framers of the Constitution, among the many arguments and fights that they had, had a fight over the Bill of Rights. Did you guys know this? You probably, did, you probably do. But that the Federalists, who kind of sort of won the, the war of the Constitution, the Federalists were afraid to include a Bill of Rights in the Constitution because they were afraid of what that would bring about. The Anti-Federalists, those who, broadly speaking, were less interested in, in, in creating a central power that would just get bigger and bigger, the Anti-Federalists insisted on a Bill of Rights and said they would not, uh, they would not ratify the Constitution without that. 
Now, you and I could have lots of conversations about where we would be without the Bill of Rights. Many of us would have a very different life. So what I'm about to say is not a condemnation of the Bill of Rights, but I would point out that one of the dangers is something we may be living with right now, where less than 10% of our population is holding the nation hostage on the issue of individual gun rights. Article 2 of the Bill of Rights. Did the framers intend for us to have what we have today? I, I doubt it. And yet, this, this, this movement has, these are my words and my opinion, but it's, it's almost fetishizing the rights of the individual as opposed to the safety and health of the collective. Our Unitarian ancestors and our Universalist ancestors came to life in this time period. So we have always had a tension between the rights of the individual and the rights of the collective. My offering to you this morning and the offering of this year's General Assembly is to give ourselves permission to think about who are we together? Does it mean that each and every one of us has to agree on everything? Good luck with that. Unity is not uniformity. Can I say that again? Unity is not uniformity. But who are we together? So in a minute, we're going to have more audience participation. I'm going to ask you to help with the microphone. So the question I want you to be thinking about while I tell you some stories, the stories are awesome, so don't tune them out, but when have you experienced the power of we in Unitarian Universalism? Maybe it was here, maybe it was another. So when have you experienced? So one of the things we heard were examples that were, were and are incredibly inspiring to me about things that have happened in UU congregations in the last year. I want to share a few of them with you. In two small congregations in Maine, too small, they're both too small to support full-time ministry, for the first time invited an interim minister to share ministry over the two congregations. And now they have called a settled minister to minister to both. So the two congregations have come together. In the early 1950s in Cleveland, the Unitarian, I think it's was called the First Unitarian Church of Cleveland, voted by a very narrow margin to move out to the suburbs, what were then the new suburbs of Shaker Heights. And when they did that, the folks who were not in favor of the decision decided to stay behind and keep their Unitarian church. So there was a split. 
1950s, more than half a century later, after two years of deep discernment and deep conversation, the two congregations, in the, I believe in the spring, voted to reunite. They voted to work together to create Unitarian, a Unitarian Universalist presence across boundaries of demographics and neighborhood, and to work to affirm the power of we. I'm thinking that perhaps that story might strike home for, for some of you who have been in this congregation for a long time. It's never too late. It's never too late to come back to the power of we. In Boulder, Colorado, the Unitarian Universalist Church voted overwhelmingly to become a sanctuary congregation by offering sanctuary to uh, uh, an undocumented asylum seeker and to offer that person support going through the process. And when they announced that vote, their largest renter left because the renter disagreed with this decision. And by leaving, the renter took a big chunk of their annual budget with them. So the, the members and friends of the congregation in Boulder did a number of things. They doubled down on their decision. They reached deeper into their own pockets to support their vision of who they were. They reached out to churches and communities of other denominations in their neighborhood for financial support and partnership. And they ran a kick tush faithify campaign. And they closed the gap so that when they got a call to say, we have someone who wants to enter sanctuary, they were able to say yes. And that person is there going through the process. I think her name is Imelda Alatorre. So I would ask us to send our prayers and our energy her way. So now it's your turn. Have any of you thought of a time when you experience the power of we? Raise your hand. Excuse me. I remember when we became a welcoming congregation. There's a lot of you here who were there then. And um, I, I would hope some of you who were actually part of it more than I could add to what I just said. Thank you, Joanne. Good morning. I'm Rick Lund again, and I want to be show gratitude for the um, the Al group, the group of seniors that really explore who we are, our past, and the fact that um, there's such diversity in that group, and through that process. I've you know, been clearly exposed to different thoughts and different passions that really reflect um, 
the ability of this congregation to open my mind and my awareness to what it means to evolve and change. And the fact that this group has a real passion to be truthful and honest and really share our, our truths with each other. And that, to me, is only because of the Unitarian consciousness that facilitates this kind of sharing. Thank you. We've had several times in the 20 years that I've been here where we've had members who have fallen ill. And we as a community have come together to assist with their care, and sometimes for years or months. We have nurses in our congregation who have been the leaders with that, um, all allowing them to be with friends and family during those days rather than with strangers. Thank you. Uh, when we built this church here, uh, it was a real uh, division among our congregation about whether we should move to here or not. And uh, ultimately, we voted and decided that we were going to build this building. The, uh, at the time, I was the chair of the building committee, and the, the turnout of the congregation to finish this building, we didn't have enough money to build it. So we did a lot of the work ourselves, and we called it sweat equity. And uh, uh, we hung the siding on the house, or the building. Uh, we put in the carpet. We painted it. All the painting in here was done by members. We put in the uh, baseboards. I mean, we did a lot of the work ourselves to save the money to, to do it. And uh, and we came together and... and it would just, it's been a tremendous success. Uh, unfortunately, the, some of the con congregation left when we left us. But my feeling about that is, is that uh, now this area has two Unitarian Universalist churches and they can serve uh, that many more people, really, and people of a different persuasion or different thought process, but still part of the we. When we were involved in the marriage equality, um, we gathered together among ourselves and also with other congregations to push for that. And uh, I think we became a small but significant part of the uh, passage of that environment. Thank you. There's one more in the back. I feel a real sense of power of we in this congregation when we get involved in social justice activities and contribute that sense of community out in our local environment, particularly when we helped out with Habitat for Humanity a few years ago to help build some housing frames or when we support the homeless shelter, not just in our finances, but in all the actions we do, whether it's helping out the sharing table or making meals at the Welcome One Center. Thank you. May I add something? Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been here as long as many of you have, but I joined in 2013, 
And one of the neatest things that I felt here, um, of many, was the day that we voted um, to confirm Reverend Maria. And it was unanimous. And I was sitting next to Cindy Curry, and we looked around the room, and I just got tears in my eyes. Um, it was incredible. And the process, seeing how we all worked together with teams, and uh, I think there were cottage meetings and, and all of this stuff, to this culmination of what we have come to was um, really incredible to watch and be a part of. Thank you all for, uh, for sharing your experiences. I, I imagine if you had more preparation and we had more time, many, many more stories would emerge. And so I'm going to invite you throughout this coming year, if not longer, to keep that question in your mind. When do we experience the power of, of we? And what can we do or engage in? Or how can we grow as individuals and as a community to experience that even more? This question was asked throughout General Assembly. And, and a couple, two more were asked. And I'm going to lay them out and not, not invite you to respond right now. What is so important in Unitarian Universalism that you are willing to sacrifice for it? Now that's a word that sometimes can raise our hackles, and so I will say to you that it comes from two Latin words, which mean to make a ritual, to make something sacred. What can we, what would we be willing to give or let go of to affirm this life-saving faith. Dear ones, I'm going to close with a, another invitation for this coming year. I want us to make a covenant together. I want us to think through and wrestle with the kinds of promises that we make to one another in a faith community. To affirm the power of we within this space, among the communities we serve, among those who may not be here today. What are the promises we want to make? What are the ways in which we want to identify? What gives us power? What gives us, in the most benign and the most positive interpretation, what gives us impact with one another and with the communities in which we live? What is it reasonable for Unitarian Universalists to expect of one another? I think these are exciting conversations, and these are conversations that help us better understand not just what we think or what we believe, although those are important, but who we are, who we intend to be with one another. And we'll make those promises, and we might screw them up that very same day. But a covenant brings us back into right relationship.
It's not a business model. It's a way of being with one another. So stay tuned. If this interests you, please talk to me or to one of the members of our board. Dear ones, we are so much stronger than we think. Amen. Ashe and blessed be.